welcome to the Born Free podcast, where we'll discuss the challenges facing the world's wildlife and ecosystems. My name's Sarah Locke and I'll be talking to the passionate people doing their bit to try and secure a future where wildlife and humans can peacefully coexist. So today we're joined by Sam Goddard. Welcome, Sam. Um, And you are Born Free's campaigns officer. So do you want to tell us a little bit about um, what that role entails? So I work in the captivity and welfare team. Um, And since I've started, I've mainly focused on the topic of dolphin captivity, um, which was great for me because that was the very topic I wanted to to work on when I joined the organisation. And what I've mainly worked on since I've been here is um, a variety of things, I guess, um, getting more NGOs coordinated on the topic. Um, So since I've worked here, we've formed DFE, Dolphin Area Free Europe Coalition, and that's all about trying to put the focus on the issue in Europe and try and make some traction in the European Parliament. Um, And just doing some you know, general public awareness campaigns such as Tank Free, which sends the the general messages of why dolphin captivity is bad and trying to think of creative ways to, to send that, that message. Um, we even worked on a, on a documentary called Inside the Tanks, which um, visited marine land in France with a documentary maker, Johnny Mia. Um, and that's got about three million hits on YouTube now. So if anyone hasn't seen that, I suggest... No, having I a, haven't. Having I feel, a watch of yeah, that. I Well, that was a really good documentary because he managed to get really well both sides so um he had the born free interview and um orca scientist ingrid visser dr ingrid visser um but also the um i forget um the man's name but the the manager the director of marine land gave an interview um so it was a very um very telling interview the man was uh being you know quite truthful um and, and of course, you know, just trying to make sure we cover all bases aside from informing the public, such as other stakeholders, especially the, the tour operators, right? Loads of NGOs are yeah. doing that now. Um, and we recently got a really good result with our partnership with British Airways because they're really looking to step up a level beyond the, what we even expected. Um, so they've banned the sale of tickets to SeaWorld, but also all captive cetacean facilities so um, they're really looking to us to help improve their policies yeah that's amazing and actually we've seen quite a few especially in recent years we've seen quite a few big names like the ones that you've mentioned um kind of take action um against uh captive marine mammals and captivity um do you think you've seen the same like the same kind of reverse trend in um uh the public in the public well, actually, that's a really good question because I think we've achieved so much, actually, more so much with the tour operators that it'd be good to keep putting that focus back on the public because, of course, there's always going to be the core... Uh, that there's already a group of people that get it, that just get the issue. But these these facilities are actually still really popular. That's what I find There's still bizarre. a lot of people going, um, including a lot of you know British tourists because they have to. They have to go abroad to see these things because we don't have any in, in the UK. We haven't for nearly 30 years. So... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is. You do sometimes think to yourself, why are people still still going? Um, and I don't like to go around and say to people what what to do or what to think. I do have friends ask me, and I wait until they ask me because I don't, like I say, like telling people. I mean, these are amazing animals, and it's um, it's no sin for people to have yeah, in their mind they want to see some yeah, they d- to, to want to see um, that animal. But I think it's about just um, introducing people to the issue because I think when I've been in it as long as I have, you sometimes forget. Things, you know, like um, when I first had this conversation um, with my partner, he said to me, I didn't realise that outside of showtime, these animals are actually kept in even smaller 
tanks. I didn't know that, I have to say. Um, you know, so yeah, it's um, interesting getting those different perspectives and just keep reinforcing those truths to people that they just may not be aware of yet. Yeah. And what, where are we talking then? So obviously you've mentioned Europe. There are quite a few places in Europe, marine land and France, um, and there aren't any cetaceans in captivity in the UK. So by cetaceans, we mean whales, dolphins and porpoises. And that's it, that's it. Yeah. Um, so so where, are, where are the kind of hot spots? I mean, are these places, are new places cropping up in Europe? Um, where else, like the Americas, I guess, SeaWorld? Yeah, so the hot spots are still the Americas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mexico oh, as really? well yeah. is, is, is a hot spot. But the, there's an emerging, a completely new emerging market of China. Um, they're having new facilities propping up all the time. We're seeing announcements made of new planning permissions all the time, new developments, new openings. Um, and they're sourcing their animals from Russia, wild-caught animals wild, yeah. from, from Russian waters. Um, so that is a massive up, upcoming yeah. problem. Um, I mean, just recently, um, it was... Um, in our in our network that marine land were thinking of um transferring their animals to china because and then it's a flip side isn't it because they're doing that because they want to phase out dolphin and orca captivity in their own country um but we would never want them going somewhere where they've known and been born in captive bred all their lives to be sent to somewhere where it's very known where there's no animal welfare Mm -hmm. laws and the standards are so of a level where it's so likely that they're going to be suffering. I've heard of those, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I've heard of those uh, kind of like traveling facilities, like almost like circuses, I guess, for cetaceans. Is that happening in China? Or is that Especially, that, you know, those um, sort of Thailand yeah, like, kind oh, of area. Like and that's very I much the, for, that. based on dolphins, very focused on yeah. dolphins and, and, yeah, taking them around um, and, you know, still making them jump through hoops of fire and then almost keeping them in a in a human pool and then transporting the dolphin and that pool to the next place. Um, yeah. So, there's so there are lots of other happening. species beyond, because I guess the flagship is orca, right? It's Tilicum, Lolita, Shamu. Um, yeah. You know, those are the ones that we really think of, but there are hundreds of thousands of other um, species in captivity. What kind of species are we talking about? Bottlenose, I'm assuming? Yeah, so the focus is all on orca, like you said. And I think that's because we know the numbers, there's 60, and we know the names. You know, their stories stay in our minds so much, so much more. We can mm-hmm. put a name to the animal. Whereas there's around 3,000 captive dolphins around the world um, and there's belugas um, pilot whales so there oh, yeah. are there are other animals but like you said the focus seems to be on orca and sea world in particular mm-hmm. despite the fact there's other facilities keeping orca it all seems to be on sea world and I think that is because of blackfish the documentary and and, and tilikum tilikum was the was the flag, flagship animal um, and when he killed trainer Dawn Brancho um, it resulted in many trainers speaking out via the documentary and that's why we do have the blackfish effect that documentary just blew open the, the issue completely um and it's seen good results for the orca you know SeaWorld have stopped breeding their orca so the 20 that SeaWorld have across their three parks will be the last they ever have but we haven't seen the same for their their belugas their nearly 100 dolphins they haven't stopped breeding them no, that's so true. That, and that's something that I guess people don't really think about is that it's, I guess it's this kind of threat to human life has instigated this kind of huge urgency. And that's so true about um, the names that you hear of dolphins because it's so ironic because dolphins are 
probably one of the most popular species out there. I mean, mm. people loved, I love dolphins growing up. I guess you did as well. Well, they're meant to be the most loved animal that we apparently love the most, right? But they're treated, you know, our love for them has meant that we want... Kept them in boxes. Yeah, we want them near us. We want them out of their wild home and we want them in a tank so we can see them. And I think um, that's very true about you know, the individuals, if we could have more individual stories. I mean, there's a dolphin living in a facility in France called Femke. Mm. Um, she was taken from the wild. I think she's been in captivity at least 40 years before she had her first and only calf that was separated from her when it was five years old. Um, and the behaviour she's shown since, so withdrawn, doesn't even perform in shows anymore. Imagine what that must be like to be in a group of animals where they've never been your family they're just strangers mm. and then you finally have a child a son within that group and he's taken from you yeah, um, it just must thinking. be horrific and as soon as there you go there's a story as soon as there's a story of an individual it seems the message can um, people start to really yeah. I guess it kind of resonates with them more rather yeah. than rather than it being you know animals that they just go see a show come back out you're right it's that kind of creating a story behind an animal that really creates kind of movement exactly um so what are so obviously you touched on those kind of stereotypy behaviors what what are the other behaviors or physiological impacts of keeping because i think that's really important you know because those are the kind of things that you don't even though you might think oh you know a dolphin travels hundreds of or you know hundreds of miles a day that's one thing to say it but what are the actual the actual impacts that you this see thing so when we campaign for and we say these are the reasons these animals shouldn't be in tanks people think a lot of those things for orca but all those things apply to all those other species as well including dolphins so firstly they're in such tiny environments and it, I don't even see the point in going over the size because visually you can see it's a tank even these outdoor ones in in bays I think people think talking like the size of our office right I mean or like or smaller smaller know, really? oh god you I'm, know and there's these outdoor like facilities that are they keep the um, dolphins yes in in seawater in a pen um but they they're captive animals they they don't have the choice to swim away they are there for the same exploitation there to be gathered around however many times a day to swim with members of the public um so there is that you know, absence of choice, they're, they're imprisoned. Um, and a large part of it are the social groupings. Like I said, a lot of the time they're not related. They are separated to prevent inbreeding. So it's these artificial groups where animals are still fighting for dominance. There's frustrations as well of their captive lives. And there's a lot of um, aggression and, and bullying, which would, would happen in, in the wild, but you can imagine as soon as you're, if, you're, you, if you happen away. to be that animal, that poor animal, you would swim away quite pronto and, and you get those um i've seen those are they called do they call them rake marks yes so that's the, t the teeth because obviously dolphins that's have like being... proper teeth don't they yes so they base what what is that that's that's the, the, the raking off of the dominant animal's teeth along along the animal's body of which it's attacking um and some individuals where they're very um low in the in the social chain should we say in certain facilities are covered um, which in the wild, those those animals would be able to swim away. So, and also when you look look in these tanks, there's never anything besides water. Yeah, this is so um, interesting. So we were talking about this, weren't we, before before we got on? Is that I guess that's one of the key things as to why, or we thought, you know, you you said maybe you thought it was was one of the key reasons that the kind of empathy that we feel for other other animals isn't translated is because we can't see you know there's just nothing in a pot there's nothing mm. in a pool besides water yeah yeah so i feel like if you're in a in a zoo for example and you're looking at a, a land mammal you think well I'm, I'm standing on land 
that animal is also on land, even though obviously someone at, at Born Free would still um, question that no, and question zoos in general. But when you see a dolphin, you think that animal is, is from the ocean. They've tried to recreate the ocean in that tank, but all it's got is water, mo- most often not seawater at all, heavily chlorinated. Um, yeah, li- living yeah, in a completely barren environment. So it's almost like these animals are existing day to day to to exist on display and to be fed and to maybe be forced to swim with some people, that existence. And that's why we see the behaviours in them that we see, the the depression, the, the, the logging, which is just the lifeless floating. Mm-hmm. Some animals known to bang their heads against the wall, circling the tank. Because they know they must know that they're, they're just there. They're there no, to exist. Yeah. They know that they've been imprisoned. I think. And, and I guess they've got absolutely no stimulation. So whereas you know on land in a cage, you would give maybe uh, you'd give um, trees to a monkey, let's say, so he can swing around and he has something to do. There's just nothing to do for cetaceans. They're not granted the same kind of respect. I yeah. guess. Yeah. So you'd like to think that a zoo I mean, would, would respect, offer some, yeah. something like that. But yeah. I feel like they're given no no stimulus and you know they might have the the shows and the um the interactions but that that it's just repeat, repeated behavior that they're asked to do you could I don't know how exhausted that they are they could be exhausted from performing those behaviors that that frequently and again there's no choice and they often know they have to do it to get food and the trainers say they feed them regardless they may that that may, may happen but I think the animals know to get that additional food that's going to in some way satisfy them because they're normally kept quite hungry yeah. a lot of the time um but they're going to have to go through this this behavior they've got no choice in the matter so how do we go about trying to i mean this is quite a big question but i mean how do we try and go about um replicating this um blackfish effect for other cetaceans for well i think goes? that's what born free wants to try and do now we'd love to try and send that message as of 2020 and and beyond um and, and basically just say to the public, say to governments, we want to see a strategic and humane phase out of all cetaceans, not just orca, especially dolphins. Um, but obviously it's going to be really hard because of the numbers of them. And yeah, each, 3, each country is going to have, exactly, each country is going to have a different st- strategy that you'd, that you'd need because it might have different laws, different amount of facilities. So you'd have to sort of make a plan depending on which place you're campaigning for. Um, so I guess it's making a start somewhere. Um, we're currently talking to a few countries who are asking for our help to focus on, for example, Turkey and Bulgaria are two places that are coming to mind. Um, Turkey has got 10 dolphin area. So that would need to be, I, I guess, really realistically a phase out because you couldn't overnight close no, 10, of not. 10 facilities. But of course, there's the worry that if you close them, are they going to get sent to other places? Are the facilities going to step up and take care of those animals for the remainder of their lives? Um, and, and you know, there's work needed in Bulgaria, for example, where I don't know if people know, but there's the only dolphin area in Europe going around licensed as a, as a circus, getting away with that. So it's escaping the same level of um, inspection and welfare guidelines that it should be having. Um, and it was the same same facility that appeared in the news um, last year because um, it had the headline five dolphin deaths in, in five years. And one of those was a calf that had died in front of people at the show. Um, so the, these are animals that are living in an indoor facility in the height of summer doing four shows a day. And where I believe the riders are still, uh, trainers are still riding on, on oh those God, animals. Yeah. So um, like I said, there'd be different things to do in different, you no, know, Bulgaria would be, you know, saying to that uh 
Prime Minister of, of Bulgaria that should no longer be licensed as a circus. Why is that? Why is that allowed to happen? And for Turkey, it would be a different plan. Yeah, of um, course. But the, and then for the public, it would, it would be the, the same message of the, these animals. Please don't don't forget them. They're, they're cetaceans just like um, orcas and they're, they're, they've got the same suffering. And I guess all the while you're then trying to sort of limit the or trying to find a way of um, balancing that with the increase in demand in places like China. Yes, you know, yes, and, that and is Thailand, an entire you know, thing like a whole other of, it, of itself. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I feel I feel like that does need to be campaigned on and, and and monitored. But for them, it's it's quite new, and I don't know if we'll see any changes yet. I mean, there's still so many changes to be made in in Europe, for example, um, in our in our you know with our neighbours. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like I say, for, for for China, it's all very new for them. And I think for them to hear any message that it's wrong, they've only just. Um, you know, got got on that bandwagon. So I think for them, it's something that they want to, they're definitely going to want that to play out a little longer. I mean, they're even, they're still investing money in building new facilities. So to say, to close those facilities. Yeah, before they've even, before they've even been built. Yeah. But it's a massive, it's, yeah, it's a big issue. Yeah, it's a mammoth task. Um, and I think that when we talk about, you know, trying to generate this, the sense of urgency that we have with orcas, um, and we talk about the the dangers um, to people. Um, I know that before, uh, before Christmas, uh, there was an incident in Mexico with captive dolphins and a little girl and she was awfully hurt but she she's thankfully okay um but i know that could you just tell us a little bit about that yeah, situation so we were talking about that before weren't we yeah. um you know ever since tilikum killed dawn brancho the trainers no longer get in the water with captive orca but with dolphins not only do they members of the public are still doing so as well and we said um the incident didn't we at the end of last year um a british mother and her daughter out in mexico in a swim with um and they ended up um in the papers because the mother's account was that the, a couple of the dolphins were trying to drag her daughter under and weren't letting go. And she was thinking, are they ever going to let her go? Am Which I ever going to get her back? Which like horrific. Which is, yeah, completely horrific. And luckily, um, she didn't sustain, I believe, to, uh, too harsh of injuries. But it just makes you realise these animals, dolphins, are very strong. They're dangerous. Um, but in stories like that of people coming forward about the, 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 the truth of how easy you can get hurt in these swimwears don't come forward too often because at the time they might have to sign something um, before getting in the water that might even have wording such as, you know, you, you could be at risk of injury or even death if you swim with these animals, but people sign it, you know, they think, oh, mm -hmm. you know, maybe these sorts of things are common in activities like this. Um, but yeah, the, the, the danger is there and I would encourage you know, people to come forward w with those if, if possible. Yeah, because absolutely. It happens. And that's something that I had never thought about. So it's, it's a really important point. You know, if you ever have these issues, there's so much more behind it than you being unlucky. You know, mm. there's so much more and there's so much yes, more. Yes, and you probably aren't the and only one. Yeah. There's probably many more people that have come forward, but maybe even didn't want, didn't think of contacting the no. papers. Maybe they, they didn't even think of that. They didn't, they just thought, oh, maybe it happens. Um, yeah, but I think it must happen much more than we're knowing about. No, absolutely. And when I was actually reading about it, um, I read that the, the the place was it was described as like an es uh, as an ethical facility. Um, is there is there such thing as an ethical? F you as, you as mentioned ethical that to me before, active? and I, I I didn't even realize it was calling yeah. itself an ethical facility. Um, in our opinion, no. I, I'm just trying to guess why they might be calling themselves. Maybe it was an outdoor facility. Maybe they were allowing the animals to live in in seawater. Um, but to us, I mean, no animal being being held captive in, for the purposes of um, exploitation no, um, for, for activities like that is, is not, not ethical. No. And to let people face that danger as well.
And cetaceans aren't the only marine mammals. So I know that we were talking about um, sea lions as well. And that's still an issue in the UK, right? Yes. So this is something we've been um, looking into because, like I say, we've got no dolphins in the UK, but we still have sea lions. And we thought, well, that's... how can we how can we s- still have that? And I think that gets overlooked because they're not kept in a separate facility, say like a dolphin area. Some people might make distinction between a dolphin area and a zoo. The sea lions are in a zoo. Um, I guess as well, it's not as like glamorous. I don't know why I've just never thought of it. Like I I can't actually think of somewhere in the UK that would have them, but I can think of places in the UK that have had dolphins or places in Europe that have dolphins. But I just like can't think of the same for, for sea lions. Yeah. Um, and but the thing is, these animals are still doing circus-like tricks and that's what we hope to send the message of this year of can you believe that it feels so <laughs> outdated yeah. i mean are we can, really can talking you believe? about sea lions balancing balls on their noses yep yep so a couple of years ago that's when we first um started filming a few of these shows and we were seeing these recurring tricks of um yeah but balancing balls still jumping through hoops um doing handstands while balancing balls um there literally was no argument they wouldn't be able to have an argument for yeah, the so educational I was say, so because what, what, what would proponents of these kind of places say they say that it's awareness or educational impact i think some of them say that their behaviors that the animal would exhibit in the wild and they're trying to demonstrate that so for example if the animal was balancing a ball on its nose they're um trying to maybe demonstrate the skill that animal would have in the wild of of balance um things like that i think is what um they're they're trying to get at but at the end of the day that's a captive animal used to put on a show and and balancing a a ball and you know sea lions as a species are not threatened in in waters either yeah so it's not a conservation driven no Okay, no, interesting. So, um, to, it, to us, it just seemed like a completely obvious thing that many many of us, even NGOs, might, might have um, sh- overlooked and said, hey, this this is a very clear message that we should be telling the public that sea lions are still here, they're still doing circus tricks and maybe a species that should be phased out from captivity. So are sea lions going to be one of your major campaigns then for, t- for 2020? Yes, we, we hope so, yeah. I hope to maybe visit these um, facilities again um, in, in in the near future just to ensure that the, those same tricks are still being done um and um yeah really push forward a, a public awareness campaign um, you know footage that really shows these these circus like tricks that are being done um and then yeah share share that and um get the public message out there no oh, that's great and um, what are your goals then for 2020 for uh dolphins i guess phasing out and other cetacea i guess that is phasing out um captivity in europe well, we want to basically make the message clear that we ask for a phase out of all cetaceans mm-hmm. and we want the attention on dolphins as well as orcas and maybe some targeted campaigns in maybe some of the, the countries I alluded to earlier as well. Um, so what would a phasing out include? I know that we mentioned sanctuaries earlier. Um, so I'm picturing kind of sea pens. Are those animals then released? Do you keep them there for kind of two, three years and then they're released? Well, or? because of the the amount of animals that we're talking in reality a phase out is usually going to mean the animals actually staying where they are so like we saw with Canada last year when they announced oh, yeah. a ban um the animals are a lot you know are still where they are um just because of the the amount of animals um but what's different is that breeding has been stopped so no new animals no new animals being imported those animals will be the last and then while we wait for a sanctuary if any are lucky enough to, to get a, a sanctuary space um so if you know, there are um, sanctuaries being worked on now for dolphins and for orca. The one um, that 
Bourne Free is most aware of, that because we, we talk to the, the people working mm-hmm. on that most frequently, is the Whale Sanctuary Project. So that'll be um, in North America somewhere when the site is chosen. And is that for Orca? That'll be for Orca. Um, so, yeah, any, any Orca that's lucky enough to get that space is very likely not going to be able to be released into the wild just because the amount of time that they've they've been in captivity i mean most of the orca we have now in captivity were born there um so anyone eligible for release to the wild would have had to have been from the wild and you would have had to have known their their capture site ideally um but yeah because the amount of time that these animals now have been in captivity i mean look at corky uh the the, oh, the yeah. orca that's been in there for for the longest time um i know orca lab w- would love to see her released to sea world and, and cared for in 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 a bay um that they that they oversee um, where her brother and sister actually still swim through the area, um, you know that would I, the plan there would be to care for her in in that site in and an see uh, perhaps plan. how she engaged with those animals before any 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 decisions were made. But the the main plan would be to offer these animals lifetime care in the most natural environment possible. So why? Because I know that Born Free um, her released um i think it was tom and misha um i can't remember where they were from and they were two dolphins i want to say around 2015 correct me if i'm wrong so yeah and they released them how come that was possible so with with tom and misha they were both taken from the wild um put into captivity i believe for around five years before born free were aware of them being kept in a pool in turkey a human pool tiled swimming pool yeah tiled pool that was subsiding um, so along with others, we we rescued them, and that was in 2010. Um, built a sea pen for them in 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 the in the in the ocean, um, where they were rehabilitated for two years before release. So that sort of ticked all the boxes of when release is possible. As in, they were wild caught. We knew the wild you caught knew, yeah. the, 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 where they were from, roughly the, the capture site, and they'd been rehabilitated over that two year period, where they had to increase their strength. They had and they were to be able to, to relearn to again. capture live fish and, and, and build up a certain stamina. Um, and then tagged in, in a, and, and released in, into the wild. So um, that was a situation where that, those were all the best things that could be in place. And then you release them into the wild and um, give, give them their chance again. Yeah, and I guess that is the optimum. You know, that would be the dream for all all animals in captivity. But that's just, you yeah, know, not just, just setting them up for them. Yeah. Um, you know, an equal hard time and, and suffering in, in the wild is not what anyone's looking for. We'd have to know that, you know, they were from the wild originally. They can relearn those behaviours. They've regained the, stam- the stamina, the behaviours needed. Um, even, ideally, animals to reunite them with if, if any of their pods can be um, located. Um, but, yeah, for most of these animals that are in captivity, it's going to need to be kept where they are, um, you know, Cared, yeah, yeah. cared for mm-hmm. in, in, in a sanctuary for, for lifetime care. Well, thank you very much, Sam. I feel like we've had, it's been really informative for me as well. Um, and I just finally, I just, I find it really interesting that, I mean, these issues aren't new, you know, if we think about Free Willy, right? That was 93, I think. Um, and yet we're still coming up against these issues. The same things are being repeated. Um, how do we bridge that gap between um, our knowledge and I guess public action? I'm really glad you mentioned Free Willy because we were talking about that before, weren't we? Of um, 
I mean, I've always had a thing about orca captivity. Um, when I was younger, I used to, if I ever saw a clip of SeaWorld in the news or I saw a clip of SeaWorld on, on TV and I saw the orca in a tank, there was just something in me sparked so strongly that I just didn't like that sight at all. I thought, well, that's sick, actually. Mm. <laughs> um, and so for me, Free Willy was the film that I liked but hated to watch. That was my film in, in that way. Um, if I saw it on TV, I would think about, f do I flip over or not? Because it was so emotionally draining for me. Mm. Um, but I, I would always cry, always, because, uh, you know, and I, we were saying, weren't we, for me, Free Willy was Blackfish, should have been Blackfish first. Yeah. Why did it not spark the same? And it, and it, and it didn't, it did in a way. Um, you know, that film was based on Kiko, the orca. Um, children were writing letters from around the world saying release release that orca release that orca the orca that was used in the film mm. um and because i guess it had a name and a story and they'd seen yeah and and i just think and then between then and and blackfish it things had kind of gone back to, to the way they were and it took blackfish to to, to spark that again and I don't know what was different I think it was very important that the trainers had the courage to speak out any all each and every person that was in that documentary did something amazing by doing that because you're people are actually hearing accounts from another human being mm -hmm. what they witnessed there I mean human nature is we all believe you know if we have a recommendation from from a friend we believe that over some advert or piece that we're reading you know to hear from another human being what they witnessed I think did a was a large part of it mm. as well um so i'd love to see that happen for more facilities more people coming forward um and and just just sharing the truth really i think it will keep going as it is i think the blackfish effect can't be stopped now yeah it will continue and it's and just trying to get that coming, for dolphins yeah as so well. it, you know your take-home message is you know don't go and visit these places but if you do and you have an encounter that you you know was not what you expected was not what you know you thought was going to happen then report it you know and that can never be under underestimated no yeah. and just think if you're um someone thinking about visiting SeaWorld, for example and you were on TripAdvisor, it's very powerful if there's quite a few comments on there say of people's honesty even if nothing actually happened even if they said um I'm now unsure after going or this is how I feel that I, I haven't been able to stop thinking about this since I've gone. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong in sharing, you know, it's, and it's not about about to spread guilt or anything like that. It's about just, just to, like I say, reading what other people are thinking is a, ve is a very powerful tool, I think, in helping others to, to maybe, you know, not telling people what to do or not to go, but just to think have a think about what it's like for these animals no thank you so much sam this has been really great thank you thank you very much thank you for listening to the born free podcast if you've enjoyed this episode please subscribe to our youtube channel to watch the episodes follow us on social media or head to our website bornfree.org.uk my name's sarah Locke, and our producer is philip fortuna see you next time